0: Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Siley Saste of Grandview Research. Siley oversaw the production and publishing in 2020 of a document that has been highly influential in the alternative data space. The Grandview Research Note valued the alternative data market at $1.64 billion in 2020 and projected a 40% compound annual growth rate that would take it to $17.35 billion in 2027. In our conversation, Siley and I dug into the way that forecast was created. Separately, please join us on Wednesday for the Alternative Data Weekly Interactive. This week, Alexi Loganchuk and JP Gravit will be leading a conversation around alternative data and private markets. Details are in the website links. Um, Siley, so Granby Research is a company which is, uh, f- I mean, it's famous within the alternative data world because in a world where there is not that much written about in terms of, in terms of research or in terms of official notes, Gramview Research uh, released... A piece of work back in September 2020, um, which forecasts that alternative data would grow from 1.7 billion approximately to 17.35 billion dollars approximately in size by 2027, with a with a compound annual growth rate of 40.1 um, percent, and that is a well, it's it's a it's a very Positive um, view on the future, but it's also the only official view that we've got. The only kind of disciplined view that we've got, and so it's a f- it's a figure that you hear talked about an awful lot. It's a lot of people put it in presentations and, and etc. So, um, your company, Granview Research, is the source of this figure. So it's it's from my perspective, it's it's very exciting to speak to um, speak to you, who was the the chief. Compiler, as I understand it, of the of the, of the report. So, um, so, so great to have you, Siley. Let me ask you a question. Um, why don't you just introduce, first of all, Grandview Research and and what your company does?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you, Mark. So, Grandview Research is a U.S. and India-based market research and consulting company, which is headquartered in San Francisco. Our company provides syndicated research reports, customized research reports, and consulting services. Uh, We actually help clients to make informed business decisions. So what we do is we offer our our clients some market intelligence studies, ensuring the relevant and fact-based research across a range of industries, which include uh, information technology, Chemicals, energy, healthcare, materials, etc.
0: So, so you cover you cover a lot of different sectors, do
1: you? Yes, we do cover a lot of different sectors, and I'm specifically focusing towards the information technology domain.
0: Okay, and so how did you come to um, how did you come to be working on alternative data? How did how did that come about as a as a as a, as a focus of research?
1: well uh, i have been working over different topics uh, related to big data market and that's when i found alternative data topic and then i started studying about it and i realized that there is so much of unstructured data which which is possible to be you know transformed into meaningful insights and then i came across alternative data providers etc and then we started with Writing an article about alternative data market, and we had also published that article on our website. So it's generally the process.
0: When when was this, Saile? Uh, when were you when were you doing this?
1: I think it was in twenty nineteen. We had published an okay. article, and the main purpose of publishing this article is was to capture how many leads are we generating, so that once we have enough leads, so we can. We can decide on to publishing this report and the moment we published the article we had so many leads with us that we decided to publish a full report over this topic
0: what do you mean by leads
1: leads as in a uh, number of people uh, searching for this topic and visiting our website
0: okay oh, okay so 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 it's a measure of interest, yes. you know, how many people actually wanted to wanted to know more about it. Right. Interesting. Interesting. That's great. Um, and so how do you how do you go? How did you go about it? You've you've obviously you're kind of starting from scratch with uh, trying to map and understand the, the, the alternative data market towards the end of 2019. Interestingly. It's around then I think that um Saeed Amin and Alexander Denev were thinking of writing the book of alternative data. So maybe maybe the thing um the same thing set you set you both off at other ends of the world, <laughs> you in India and them in them in London to to to, to be mapping this this market. Maybe but, um but <laughs> maybe but so so how did you go about it? How did you how did you compile the research?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, for every report we have a set procedure that we follow which includes information procurement information analysis market formulation and validation but for alternative data as i could see information procurement was quite easy in that way because there are so many articles been published there are so many documents published with respect to the number of providers in the market with respect to the uh, the revenue that has been generated however when we see for the demand side i could see only the the most demanding uh, sector as hedge funds then i had to dig down i actually studied each and every company so what we do is we study all of the companies that are operating in the market we analyze their revenues we analyze their market trends different development strategic decisions what they have taken what are their tie-ups with what are the data providers that they are contacting to get their data so we study all of these with respect to major companies across different countries so in our report we have considered around 10 to 12 countries while estimating this market
0: it's quite united states heavy isn't it alternative data i mean there might be 10 or 12 companies but but the majority of the of the of the kind of money and size and, and 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 weight is in the United States, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is the most dominating country in the entire market. US is the most dominating country. Yes, but the awareness for alternative data is also the highest in US. That's also the reason behind such a huge market. Because from India, if I see as I as I'm in India. I could see the awareness about alternative data is quite uh, low in comparison to US.
0: Um, okay, so you so you mapped the market um, by mapping the revenues of companies, etc. So you, and you were saying you found it that there's much more information on the alternative data provider side than the alternative data buyer side. Were you? Did you? Um, how did you? How did you sort them? Alternative data companies. How did you? How did you segment them? Did you did you um, yeah did you did you order them in some way?
1: Yes, actually, we have segmented the market based on the data type and industry. So, into the data type, we have considered these credit and debit card transaction data type, email receipts, geolocation records, mobile application usage, weather data, satellite data, social and sentiment data, web scrap data, web traffic data, and others. So, all, for all of these types, we recognize that there are specific companies who are focusing just on a particular data type. There is a pattern uh, that has been identified over here. There are very few companies who are dealing into multiple data types, but most of the companies are sticking to one type of data. Maybe they are getting it from different industries, though they are focusing towards a type of data.
0: And did you get a feel for, um, did you get any kind of, did you contact these companies? Did you Did you speak to them as well?
1: Yes. So what we do is we have um, different, like we call it as a primary research, wherein we have two different methods, that is CATI and CAVI. So CATI is mostly the telephonic interviews and CAVI is the web-based interviews. So we also have a survey link wherein we have different questions, multiple choice, open-ended, which we share across different players into the market, different people across the market. And we also do personalized telephonic interviews with these alternative data provider companies as well as few hedge fund providers. Also, we have tried to interview them and understand how are they using this particular data.
0: Who did you find was was easiest to reach? <laughs> what kind of what kind of companies were the were the easiest to speak to, and which which kind of company were the hardest?
1: Mostly, I think geolocation was quite easy. Uh, I even spoke with the CEO for one of the prominent company into the geolocation data uh, alternative data market. Uh, who were very willingly, you uh, know, interested to give information about everything, whichever I asked for.
0: <laughs> and the hardest hedge funds. Yeah,
1: very hard. <laughs> and mostly it's I'm in sure. US and working from India, it's already difficult. <laughs>
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and so, when when the, with the final report, how much of the of how much content do you think is generated through open um, open source information versus how much is generated from your own um, kind of you know phone calls and 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 kind of actually getting into into a company like that.
1: So actually around around sixty percent of the data we uh, is generated through primary interviews. and the rest forty percent is from the secondary uh, sources which are available uh, on the public domain and as
0: well as our internal database. Okay. Okay, so you, so you mapped the whole market um, and you had an idea of who all the major companies were, um, the types of data there were, what the major companies did, um, the types of revenues they were, they were earning. So you mapped um, the alternative data space. Yes. Um, how did you then progress?
1: Yeah, so once we have the market size estimates for all of the historic years, we we start with the forecasting methodology, wherein, wherein we study different factors that are impacting the market. We also try to understand if there are any further use cases that will be available in the future, because that is also one of, a, uh, one of the major points over here. Now that... Uh, The market is mostly mature uh, with respect to the hedge funds, but I think there is more to it. There are other use cases that are going to be there for the future. And in fact, there are already started, like if you see for the consumer marketing industry, it is also uh, adopting alternative data, the mutual Mm -hmm. funds that they have already started. But I think there is more to it. So uh, with the, with more awareness about how to use the data, how to use this alternative data, I think there will be more use cases to it.
0: And so how did that process come about in terms of um, mapping the potential future growth?
1: Yeah, so what we do is uh, there are different techniques that are being used while forecasting the market. Uh, one is the study of historic trends that that have been followed with respect to number of providers, with respect to revenues that are generating, with respect to the growth of the hedge funds industry, with respect to the growth of the entire financial sector, with respect to real estate growth, with respect to retail growth. So all of the industry forecasts have been studied, which will be the, the major use cases are studied. We have calculated the forecasts from our internal database. How are these industries growing? Then, how is alternative data fitting into these industries? Plus, what we have done is, what are the uh, the different alternative data providers are trying to simplify their uh, data, uh, their what do we say, their outcomes of alternative data? Uh, they are trying to simplify it so that the there's more usage of this alternative data so we are trying to figure out we've already tried to uh, study what are the companies doing with respect to their future which is ultimately contributing to the alternative data market's future then we are also studying uh the data generation like we all know the data is growing significantly like it's it's just growing exponentially i would rather say with the rising amount of this data, the alternative data, is also quite directly proportional. But then, again, the usage of data is also very important. So that's the reason why we've studied the demand side. So when we say demand side, it's not just the hedge fund industry. We've studied the retail marketing sector as well. And we've also studied what are their forecasts, what are each industry's forecasts that have been calculated while forecasting the market.
0: I I was just wondering how you defined, um, how you decided what counted as alternative data in the first place? You know, how did you, because you're you're mapping an entire market, but how are you um, deciding what is alternative data and what is traditional data, for example?
1: Yes, for example, traditional data is more around annual reports, SEC filings, financial statements, etc. And I think alternative data is more about your uh, credit card transactions or your footfall or your social media posts. That's where the, uh, the new algorithms have come into picture, wherein we have been able to transform this data into the uh, insights which are useful for investment management, etc.
0: For sure. OK. Uh, you began by um, mapping the market and then you looked at the at the trends that had existed with the current customer base. Right. So, for example, looking at what how the hedge fund industry had grown from 2015 to 2019 or, or an understanding. Um, so draw you draw a kind of a diagonal line, kind of, you know, a growth line. And then you So that's one growth you continued into the future you know how hedge funds will continue to grow and, and and using alternative data but then you also drew other lines which might be a bit shorter like you know for example as you say the kind of marketing um, etc line which hasn't been using alternative data so long but you could draw that into the future as well um, yes. and then you drew those but those the, so you drew the demand line which is a combination of all these lines, of, 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 um, and, and also potential future uses, which haven't emerged yet, um, to build a, a demand-based picture of the future. Did you build a supply line as well in yes. terms of how, how quickly the, the suppliers would be able to grow to, to meet this demand?
1: Yeah, sure. Actually, if we see the historic trend as well, the number of alternative data providers is also increased exponentially. Uh, if you see in the start, there were very few alternative data providers, and now there are around like more than 500, around 1000 data providers in the market. So the number of data providers is increasing. So the supply side is quite efficient enough, I think. and i think they will be able to meet the demand as people get to know more about the industry more about the usage of alternative data it it has it will grow
0: for sure um and you so you you when you finished your um your like so you your after mapping the current market you you measured um the size of it at around 1.7 billion dollars how what does that figure represent
1: it it represents the revenue that is generated by selling the alternative data
0: okay so it's kind of the data itself in a way it's the it's the the value the overall value that was bought in alternative data and in the form of alternative data in 2019
1: yes exactly
0: okay and so then we are forecasting it out and saying that in 17 billion sorry in 2027 um that figure is going to grow by 10 times um to 17.35 billion dollars who so the 1.7 billion dollar figure would have been very dominated by hedge funds i would think would was the um did you build a segmentation for the 17.35 billion dollars in terms of like how much of that you expected to be hedge funds and how much would be would be others and, and if you did could you could could you break it down for us
1: if we see the hedge fund is uh, is heavily dominating currently however if you see the future uh, with respect to the forecast uh, the retail industry is expected to grow Significantly,
0: retail industry. Okay.
1: Yes. Actually, the thing is, uh, even if uh, hedge funds is already uh, is it's quite a mature market, but it has also, uh, as the sector matures, the entries, the barrier entries also uh, uh, fall away. That's also one of the reasons why. Even hedge fund is expected to grow significantly because there are a lot of untapped markets as well. So as we, as we know that the, currently the dominating region, the dominating country is U.S. But there are untapped markets still available, which is also responsible for the growth of this market in the future.
0: I mean, Europe and Asia, absolutely. I'm, I think Europe is definitely a place where yes, there's, there's, a, there's a huge potential for growth. So, this this 17 billion dollar. So, how much? How much granularity is there within that? Um, is there a kind of, this is where we see the growth. This is where we see the. So, um, this type of customer, or um, or was it was it more of a a broad projection? so a 17 billion dollars but we don't exactly know what it will look
1: like no so the 17 billion is is already been distributed amongst all of the, the countries that have been considered so there's us canada mexico uk germany france etc so for all of these companies sorry countries the entire revenue is uh so what we do is we follow a bottom-up approach we study Each country level market separately and then it's been summed up to form this global figure of 70 Uh, in even in the forecast or even in the uh, current year or 2019 so 1.06 billion is 2019 market so this market size represents the revenue or the value that is generated by alternative data from all of these countries from all of these regions But when we forecast the market or even when we calculate the market size, we do it on a country level. So for U.S., you will have market size of alternative data market by each of the data type, by each of the industry. And you will have separate forecasts for each of these data types. So for example, let's say U.S., uh, Credit card and debit card transaction data type will have a market size value and will have uh, from 2017 till 2020, the actual numbers, 2019. And then it will be forecasted over six, seven years. And it will also have a compound annual growth rate. Similarly, for each of these data types, you will get this analysis. And then it's been summed up to form the entire global market forecast. So we haven't forecasted the global market directly. We have gone with respect to each country by each data type, and then each of the separate data types have been forecasted. Because not every data type has same uh, demand, right? When we study the demand, we study it with respect to different different data types. For example, let's say geolocation records. geolocation records are for uh, malls for uh, hotels airports etc now retail industry comes into picture wherein they would like to know where are their customers uh, around the malls what is the footfall with respect to the malls and there is one more very interesting concept that is combination of credit and debit card transactions with geolocation data I think that will do wonders because you also know how many people are coming and you also know how many people are spending.
0: Did you make a call on likely changes in popularity of data? I mean, for example, the credit card transaction data is some of the some of the alternative data that's been around for the longest, but it's also still a kind of backbone of the industry because it gets you the the money you know it gets you the, the the direct figure as to what people are spending which which is perhaps uh, pretty useful for modeling did you did you build into your forecasts any any shift in popularity of types of data
1: yes definitely uh it is also one of the reasons because uh, more and more awareness about your data being used earlier people were not that aware of the de- of their data that's been shared and recently if you see so many news about data compliance etc so a lot of things have been happening around and people are getting conscious about sharing their data and especially with respect to credit and debit card transactions with respect to where their money is going so that trend might shift towards other data type. And I think with respect to uh, machine learning algorithms and all, the social and sentimental data is also uh, has also become very prominent, which it wasn't back in the time. But now if you see, it's coming into use a lot.
0: I agree. I think, um, I mean, GameStop was one, was an event which, which like put it at the forefront of, because um, uh, taking sentiment analysis out of Reddit suddenly became a uh, a topic of interest and in the news. So, but no, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got one more question for you, Saele, uh, about this, which is what? Um, why haven't you yet uh, quit your job and joined an alternative data firm?
1: <laughs> That's a fun question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, that was—that's what I was going to ask. Actually, what's your next project? What's your next area of focus?
1: Synthetic data.
0: Synthetic data. Tell me about that.
1: Well, actually, it's quite in a niche phase right now. We are started to study that. So, I think it's quite interesting because uh, it's also some something which not uh, not many companies have published yet. And I we also have like after alternative data, I think synthetic data was the one which uh, actually caught my eye with respect to uh, with respect to the market that is growing around data.
0: Yeah, it might be it might be too early in the process of your research. So it might be an unfair question. But (laughs) I mean, what is synthetic data? Can you can you talk to it a little bit?
1: It's it's not the, the data collected. It's the data generated. That could be a definition for it. It's mostly generated by an algorithm, so uh, yeah. it's not an original data. It's it's a generated data. That's all. Well,
0: oh, it's interesting. I mean, the fact that you were onto alternative data in in 2019 is a is a sign that we should all be paying attention to, to synthetic data right now. <laughs> I think because you you've, you've proven your ability to see. The I think future. you'll have so, to um... wait
1: a little. I will be publishing something soon enough. <laughs> i know
0: that. well, I mean, well, you have your own synthetic data podcast soon, so I'll listen to that. Oh, and, yeah, and, and learn about it. <laughs>
1: that's a great idea <laughs>
0: um cool well Sally, that's been really interesting. Um, I think this is it's a it's a good it's been a good opportunity to dig down into um into into how you went about doing the doing the research, which, as I say, has been extremely influential and 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 often quoted. so um, so thank you for producing it and, and thank you for coming today and um and yeah best of luck with your with your with your ongoing research
1: thank you so much mark it was nice talking to you